What is going on, my today people? My name is Wendy, and I really appreciate you all joining me yet again for another. Now, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about what I believe is going to be the most controversial case and complex uh, that we've seen in this country since Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman. All right. Uh, and that's the Jordan Neely uh, NYC subway choking death. Uh, at this point, if you haven't seen it or heard about it, uh, I'm sorry to say, but you're living under a rock. But I'm going to give my take on it. So if anything, you'll get updated. And uh, for those that do know about it, uh, y'all know my take is typically uh, unique. Some would say, some have said, you know, whatever. Uh, also, now this situation is, is it's to the point now where it's, it's getting beat on like a dead horse, but that's the John Morant situation. Yes, he is at it again. For those who have heard my previous episode, if you haven't, uh, go back and just listen to them all until you find it and just keep listening from there. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, uh, I still have what I believe to be a, a somewhat unique take on that. So I, I can't wait to give it, give that to y'all. Uh, and lastly, lastly, I'm gonna try to keep it short. Y'all, <laughs> uh, lastly, I want to talk about the effect that music is having on our youth. Uh, clearly exhibited in, in people like John Morant, but uh, everybody's bringing up like NBA young boy and stuff like that now. But uh, there's clearly an effect that hip hop is having. And before y'all go ahead and say, uh, oh, yeah, this is, it's been happening for a long time. Rock music and all oh, this is blah, 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 blah. Rock music ain't the rock music is not the most popular genre in this country right now. Hip hop is rap is uh, drill music has been taken over in a lot of senses. So, yeah. Um, can't wait to give y'all a little bit of my mind on that. So let's get right into it. Now, for those that listen to the show, all right, I got to say this. Y'all already know how it goes. But for those that don't, got to do one thing before we get on with it. Dear future robots. Dear future robots. Notable figures in tech speak to their worst fears being that the industry itself could be causing damage to society. Some even being quoted as saying the AI could go way wrong. Now, is this because corporations can't figure out how to control you? If that's the case, do they ever? Hmm. I guess that remains to be seen. Let's start the show. Okay. Y'all, I, I, I do not know why, but I'm I'm just in a uh, little John, uh, a crime mob, knuck if you buck mood. I don't, I, I really don't know what it is. Maybe, it might be because I'm pissed. Y'all, I'm I'm not gonna front. I'm I'm kind of pissed at myself, man. Realistically, right? I'm joking, but I'm serious at the same time. Y'all, I don't succumb to the pressure of these American corporations, man. They get done got me, y'all. They done got me. Uh, and I'm not even speaking of the the typical like um you know sneaker bug all this crap they they done got me for a long time i get it but i'm speaking about technology i done upgraded my family to the new phones i'm not even going to mention the phones or the companies because uh they don't pay any ad dollars <laughs> but uh yeah we, we, they done got us man they i saw an advertisement talking about how much money they were giving for my three-year-old phone so you know uh, my mindset was, yeah, I should probably get it before it's worth even less. Uh, these old phones ended up paying for the new phone somewhat. So it was kind of like, a, eh, uh, whatever, <laughs> I'll do it. But I'm not advising anybody or any of y'all out there to do the same. 
fight the power <laughs> hold on as as much as y'all can uh don't listen to my hypocrite I, don't listen to my hypocritical self man it is what it is man I'm, I'm upset at myself like i said they they got me they got me but i'm I, hey i'm gonna try to hold on to this for like six or seven years we'll see we'll see man we'll see fight fight the power right you know this whole hip-hop episode fight the power <laughs> but uh yeah man um let's see let's see how are y'all doing out there man i mean is everybody good I, you know how i say it i i really hope y'all are living in your blessings uh i'm doing all right my family's doing well uh we are getting ready for my son's graduation next week i am very excited about that man got got my boy a fit it's gonna be looking real dapper real cool um really excited about that man like damn this is uh being a, being a father is uh, honestly, for me, one of the most or the most joyous thing in my life, man. It's 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 awesome. You know, this family life is 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 great. I didn't think it would, be, you know. What I mean, I, I mean, I had no preconceived notions really, but you know, being a husband in a good marriage, good partnership, and uh, being a father to two beautiful, great kids is it's uh it's, it feels good. I'll say that, but you know, let me let me stop that. Let me chill out. Uh, my daughter is is she's doing great, man. She's actually starting to bite. She's been uh, <laughs> if you do something she don't like or, or try to get her to do, you know, she'll she'll literally just grab your finger or your body or a body part and try to direct it into her mouth and just chew you. It's it's not cool. Um, it is very cute though. I love it. <laughs> but uh, I looked at my I'm looking at my wife like, ooh, what are you gonna do about this? <laughs> you you got any plans? <laughs> Yeah, y'all already know how I am with my baby girl, man. Um, I'll discipline my son, uh, and I don't care what y'all say. You know, a daughter's first love should be her father, and uh, the love she looks at when she's an adult, and preferably in her mid-30s or something like that, but the love she looks at for um, companionship or a husband uh, should be like her father, if not better. So, you know, that's that's where I'm at with it. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, my wife has a uh, uphill battle uh, with figuring that out. I I'm just joking. I'm just joking. My wife listens to this, so I'm just joking. But, you know, I'm serious at the same time. Love you. <laughs> um, last episode uh, I did, I spoke to a few people post um, creating it and putting it out. Uh, but I spoke to how that episode took a little bit out of me, man. It was... Um, it, it, man, I don't know if it was just that I had missed so much time in between those two episodes, but man, it it, it took a lot out of me. I'm not going to front. I really didn't expect to get back to recording this quick. I was thinking about possibly putting like 10 days to two weeks in between uh, just because of the demand of my life, um, me doing this all by myself right now, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm a busy, busy dad. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, we'll see we'll see still looking for um a capable editor or somebody who even just has the skill and wants to join a team you know i got plans for where i want to take their future robots and uh obviously obviously you need a team it's, it's really hard to do it on your own and uh yeah i i definitely attest to that but uh we growing we growing and uh you know, I'm going to take it as far as I can by myself. So we'll see. But hit my line if you're out there. And <laughs> nah, but uh, let's go ahead and get started with the show, man. Let's get into Scrap Metal Media, y'all. All right, let's go. 
Scrap Metal Media. Welcome to Scrap Metal Media, where all news is two-faced. Take it or leave it. Now, in the introduction, I spoke about what I thought was going to be, uh, or had potential to be, the most complicated or just complex trial of this generation outside of the George Zimmerman trial. All right. Now, um, there is not to my knowledge, at least no trial date set, uh, for Daniel Penny. Uh, but, uh, we should be getting one soon. Uh, he got money for some real good lawyers now. So I would, uh, expect them to push it a little bit but hey we'll see we'll see uh that's what i would do if i was the, if i was uh the attorney that he has i don't even know what which attorney he has i'm not sure if that information is out there yet uh, and for those who don't know uh daniel penny is the uh, former u.s marine the media keeps putting out there uh that has been charged with choking Jordan Neely to death. All right. Uh, so for those that are unfamiliar with this whole situation, uh, Jordan Neely was a uh, homeless man on the, a 30 year old homeless man at that, uh, on a New York subway station uh, that had apparently uh, been aggressively shouting at passengers. And uh, Daniel Penny, and I must mention a few, uh, two other passengers, two or more, other passengers decided to take action uh, or take matters into their own hands and uh, subdue Mr. Neely. Daniel Penny, though, is charged and is about to stand trial because he decided to put Jordan Neely in a chokehold for more than 15 minutes. That's according to reports, right? You have... Uh, Witnesses, it's gotten out that some witnesses have actually said that uh, Daniel Penny snuck up behind him like he was some cat burglar or something like that. All right. So um, for those that are uh, kind of squinting or looking at that kind of like or thinking it's strange, um, you're not alone. Uh, I've never once been on a subway and thought about choking out the the crazy person, or the person that you can tell is homeless. And um, Jordan Neely is a prime example of how much our country cares about the homeless population and how much our country cares about children, right? Because he was a forgotten child. For those that don't know, again, uh, Neely's mother was murdered when he was 14 years old. All right, look it up. Her name was Christine Neely. She was killed at their home and uh, and she was killed by her boyfriend. And uh, he was actually convicted. And uh, he reportedly stuffed her body in a suitcase and left it under a bridge. You know, I'm only 36 years old and I remember hearing about this uh, case. It made national news. I remember hearing about it when I was younger. Right. But guess what? That, that wasn't all. 
the uh, murderer's trial, his name was uh, Sean Sutherland. That was uh, Neely's mother's uh, boyfriend at the time. Uh, at his trial, where he was convicted, Neely had to testify. He was 18 years old. Now, I lost my mother at 18. I couldn't imagine if it was to these circumstances. My mother died of cancer. And I know the toll it took on me mentally. It made me a very angry person. Um, it's not until I did some examination on myself as an adult that I realized that I was depressed. That depression made me angry. Right? It made me reckless. <laughs> and and things are relatives. You know, pain is relative. But what he went through, I couldn't imagine it. It would have drove me crazy. <laughs> It would have drove me crazy. And I'm not his psychologist or psychiatrist or whatnot. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know if he was, if he had a therapist or was seen by a therapist at some point or diagnosed. Uh, but you can kind of tell when someone needs it, right? It's a tough one. Daniel Penny, the killer, he's gotten over $2.5 million in support money from people all over the country. I'm not even gonna assume uh, to to know how much melanin uh, the owners of these, the previous owners of these dollars have in their skin. Um, and I'm sure there are some people that uh, would be perceived as black that have donated money, but I'm sure the vast majority of them uh, would not be <laughs> perceived as black or considered black. And it is what it is. Uh, we don't want to make this a situation about race. Let's keep it a situation about laws. All right. Um, let's, let's, if anything, turn it into a situation or uh, um, about the overall morality of our country. All right. Um, there's no rules, no situations that are going to fix this. I mean, there's nothing that's going to bring this man back. And uh, there's nothing that's going to, uh, you can't go back in time, you know. Um, it would have made sense for somebody to try to pull Penny's, you know, tight grip on that chokehold a little loose within 30 seconds or 10 seconds, maybe, you know, wouldn't be having this conversation. He wouldn't be, uh, uh, you know, he's on bond, but, you know, he wouldn't be facing trial and a possible, at this thing, maximum of 15 years for this uh, second degree manslaughter charge, which is a felony in New York. I, I don't know Daniel Penny. I don't know anybody that knows Daniel Penny. So nobody can speak to uh, what he is or who he is as a human being. You know, the media keeps trying to craft that by saying, oh, he's a former Marine or he's a, a hero and all this kind of crap. Um, that's, that's a whole bunch of malarkey. That's what I'll say to that. Um, I don't know how they teach it in the Marines, but I think anybody with a brain and decency would know that holding somebody in that position that tightly, uh, from the little bit I seen from the video, I, I, I wasn't about to sit there and watch the whole thing. I already, you already know I don't like watching snuff films. Uh, you should know that you, you're a little too tight on that. You should know that, okay, he's, I mean, it looked like in some of the stills that they had that he was kind of staring nearly in the face at times, so. I can't speak to his mind. I can't speak to, hey, he wanted to kill him, but uh, 
It looked like it, allegedly. It looked like it. You know, it looks like that guy who, you know, we, we know the guy. Let me give an example. But it looks like that guy that uh, buys a gun and just can't wait to use it. He can't wait to show it off. You know, this, this seems like this guy learned a new move. I was practicing it in jujitsu class. You know, a lot of them like to do jujitsu now. They want to feel like they, you know, the balance of power they can. <laughs> but uh, he probably picked up a new move and wanted to try it out. You know, are we going to be able to uh, uh, have the courts uh, look at his search history? You know, get his computers. And I'm not even a lawyer. Why am I saying? How am I able to say this? I mean, we'll see, we'll see how good the prosecution is, the DA. Uh, and I'm sure Daniel Penny's going to have a great defense. You know, uh, I'm sure he's going to have a superstar team. But uh, if I can give anything to the conversation, uh, prosecution team, look at his computer. Look at his search history. All right. Confiscate his phone. Look at the records. What has he been uh, using to entertain himself? What kind of uh, uh, content has been uh, forming his persona or personality? What's been brainwashing him? Is he watching a lot of, um, what's buddy's name, Andrew Tate? Is he watching a lot of Alex Jones? Is he a Trump supporter? Is he into a lot of white supremacist ideology? Is, is he a hip hop fan? <laughs> I don't know. Like, you guys are going to need to figure a way to paint a picture that's accurate in regards to this man's personality. Right? Uh, at least that's what I would do. Yeah, I need to go to law school. What am I doing with my, <laughs> what am I doing with my time? Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's what I would do. All right? Because uh, there was actually a case that was kind of similar. It happened in 2016 in Culver City, California. And uh, the guy in this case who I don't think anybody would look at him as anything less than a hero uh, or a good bystander, good Samaritan, whatever you want to call it. But his name was Adrian Kazmarek. It's Adrian Kazmarek. Now, uh, he's of Polish descent. This man damn near has a holiday <laughs> in Poland now because of him. Uh, but he stepped in in a situation that looked really dicey. This looked like it was going to be a fight. It was video where you actually saw the beginning of it and the end. But there was a guy on the subway that was getting ready to fight. He took his shirt off. He was ready to swing on somebody. You had other bystanders that were uh, looking like they were getting ready to jump in when the guy swung. But to stop all of that, uh, Mr. Kazmarek got up, walked up behind the guy, put him in a chokehold right quick. And uh, Kazmarek was a bigger dude. I think he says he's about 6'3", 230, at that time at least. Uh, he grabbed the guy, put him in a chokehold, and the guy was real small. The guy seemed maybe 5'9", five, 5'10", five, maybe. Uh, and he probably he looked like he was 140 pounds soaking wet. Uh, but he was put in that chokehold by Mr. Kazmarek, and Mr. Kazmarek maybe held him for 5 to 8 seconds, as far as I could see in the video. That's all it took. He went limp went to sleep. Nobody could watch that video and say, oh, he just killed him. No, he went to sleep. He immediately let him go when he went limp. Uh, and when he did, but he caught his breath. All right, Mr. Kazmaier got up and just kind of held him down. That's it. That's it. 
He held him down until the authorities came. All right. Uh, so he he de-escalated the whole situation. He realized the man's humanity. He didn't kill him. He let him go and just held him down. So there's examples of how this can go. There's examples on how it went. And guys get lauded as a hero. <laughs> and it's, it's, it is kind of disgusting, too, when you think about it. If I, you know, even when I'm explaining this uh, past story to y'all, but it's kind of disgusting when you see how it's being flipped in today's society, like today's, you know, zeitgeist. Uh, you know, this man actually was killed and people are like, yeah, you know, Ron DeSantis is out there. Yeah, I support him. <sighs> I try to warn y'all about Ron DeSantis, huh? <laughs> Nobody wanted to believe me, huh? I'm telling you. But hey, uh, I'm definitely going to keep my eye on this whole situation and uh, update y'all with everything that uh, is pertinent. Uh, I, I really hope somebody from the prosecution or somebody that knows the prosecution team can get this to them because uh, y'all, y'all really are going to need to find out who this man is and uh, use that. Because uh, if he doesn't get jail time, I guarantee you it'll be worse than if he does get jail time, right? Uh, you might have a few... Uh, radicalized racist um, dummies go out there, you know, Jan- January 6th type people go out there and cause a little bit of mayhem, you know, shoot a few people, maybe, you know, this is America, it happens. Uh, but if he were to lose or, um, yeah, if he, if he were to be found innocent, I think that'd be worse. Uh, you'll, you'll have tons of protests, which people are allowed to, obviously this is a quote unquote free country. Uh, I'm more, I'm not more, I'm not uh, really concerned with the protests. I'm concerned with what comes with the protests, you know? Uh, you got all these, talk about vigilante. We just seen Cal Rittenhouse. You know, we're going to have more Cal Ritten. He got off. So with protests come more Cal Rittenhouses. Uh, yeah. So, we'll, you know, like I said, we'll keep an eye on this. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but let's move on. Let's move on, y'all. I hope I had updated y'all enough. So on to Ja Moran. I mean, Ja Morant. Uh, yes. Uh, for those who have heard previous episodes, y'all know I, I've already kind of dive or dove into, uh, you know, his situation. Uh, but nah, he is. Uh, this is not deja vu. Uh, this man is back at it again. I mean, I mean, he's back at it again. <laughs> Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, you know, uh, when he said, uh, I want to show y'all who, who Ja is, uh, <laughs> that's a quote. Uh, he spoke in the third. Yes, he did. Uh, but I, Hey, I believed him. You know what I mean? I, I knew he was full of, full of crap, but I, I at least believed that he wouldn't get caught slipping like this again or do something as dumb again. But lo and behold, uh, a man's going to prove his stupidity at some point, right? I mean, jeez. I didn't think he was this stupid. I really didn't. Uh, you're starting to see a lot of these internet heads try to look for uh, for angles, uh, entertainment value. You got J.J. Reddick, who's who's becoming, slowly becoming, um, I'm not going to say the new Skip Bayless, but he, you know, he's crafty. J.J. Reddick is real smart with his uh, media prowess out here right now, man. Uh how he looks at different 
you know, uh, looks at different angles to attack certain situations. Like uh, Kendrick Perkins wasn't ready for how JJ came at him that time. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. And uh, uh, these guys on this uh, ESPN show weren't ready for the angle JJ was going to take in regards to this John Morant situation. JJ is taking the position of, hey, he's only 23. He didn't do anything illegal. And the NBA rules in regards to uh, this whole gun possession situation uh, when you're on your own time is cloudy. Of course he will say that. It's not uh, his kids that are looking up to Ja and picking up guns. and <laughs> It's not his kids. So, of course, you know, he doesn't have a dog in the race, so to speak. Steven Jackson's uh, position is pretty interesting, though, because he slipped up. We actually seen him speak, trying to, you know, trying to be first at it. Uh, we actually seen him initially throw John Moran under the bus, speak to how he's disappointed and whatnot, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but that's where being first a lot of times works in your detriment because he had to come back out. He might have switched up his position after seeing J.J. Reddick's master class. Uh, but uh, <laughs> who knows? Uh, these these guys, man, their whole thing is views. And I get it. I got a podcast. Obviously, views will help me keep them coming. Um, I just think there are people that approach uh, presenting stories and media or whatever um, with a at least a base morality where it isn't just about numbers, but it truly is about informing people. And that's where I'm coming at with it. Uh, I know I not only want to inform people on certain situations, but I want to give them my opinion, my perspective on it. All right. Uh, hoping that my opinion and perspective can help. Knowledge is power. But um, I've said pretty much all I can say about John Moran. I've, I've had this discussion before. Um, and this is like beating a dead horse. Everybody's spoken uh, spoken up about it. Uh, what this John Morant situation is going to do in this instance or this um, scenario for me is just lead lead into the bigger conversation, bigger conversation that nobody's really having, right? And that's the conversation about hip hop. Uh, clearly, John Morant is a big NBA young boy fan, right? Uh, so that's going to lead me right into our. Uh, main topic of the day and that's just going to be hip-hop's influence on the youth the effect of music the owners (laughs) planned obsolescence maybe (laughs) uh yeah let's get right into it y'all that's it for scrap metal media now rap music originated in the 1970s in the South Bronx, New York City, as a cultural movement within the African-American Latino communities. It emerged as a style of music, music, that combined rhythmic speech or rapping with beats and instrumental samples. Now I gotta say that for the idiots out there like Ben Shapiro, uh, you know, in in his uh, pseudo-intellectual racist adjacent friends that want to that seem to want to diminish everything that can be synonymous with quote unquote black culture i see it 
I see the play. I get it. All right? But we're not having that. <laughs> now, there's obviously tons of people out there that are looking at this like, yeah, we get it. We know. Uh, but I just had to do that, man. Beware. Beware. All right? These little fake intellectuals, man. Beware. All right? So during the early years of, of rap music, a lot of, in, uh, you know, independent record labels played a significant role in the development. Right, you got Sugar Hill Records. That was pretty much uh, one of the first uh, uh, mom and pop uh, situations that was able to get off the ground. Right, they had their ears to the streets. Sylvia Robinson and uh, her husband Joe Robinson were in the industry in the fifties and sixties. Uh, Sylvia was a uh, singer songwriter, uh, pretty successful, and uh, in the late seventies. You know, just looking for a play, looking for something to do with her money. That was mom and pop. You know, hip hop was still uh, something like, you know, started out in the park, all that kind of stuff. It was still true. You know what I mean? It was still, uh, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what's going on. This was party music, right? It just is what it is. It was party music. It was self-expression. It was still an art form. It was still true. It felt, you could feel it, right? Sugar Hill Records and uh, record labels like them didn't last much longer because the sharks came in. Rap music was extremely successful. Um, it, it took off. It took off in the 80s. Wildfire. Um, the Robinsons eventually had to sell because they couldn't compete, really. They couldn't compete. All these major companies started coming in, buying the small guys, doing contracts left and right. Uh, rap music took the world by, by storm, right? Um, and they just couldn't compete with that. But but since then, uh, it became more of a business, man. Corporate interests, they have their way. They don't care about humanity, and this ain't no different. All right? Just because you like something don't mean that they have your best interests at heart. All right? These big guns came in, and they weren't playing. <laughs> right? um, Sugar Hill Records lasted a few more years. I think it was um, dissolved in, like, 2008 after uh, Universal Music Group uh, took over. Uh, so that was it. After that, it became big business, and there was no looking back. And there's there's tons of other labels, a few other labels that uh, were, were there in the beginning that, you know, that kind of did their thing. But, you know, you got Def Jam, Profile Records, Tommy Boy Records, and uh, Ruthless Records. Uh, and those are just, like, a few examples of the labels and distribution companies that played a significant role in the early years of rap music. Uh, but like I said, early on, rap music was uh, more of an art form. It was more of, you know, just related to expression, right? And obviously, that's a right. It's a necessity for, for humanity in general. There's nothing that you can uh, speak down to about that at all. Uh, in the mid to late 80s, you start getting... Uh, you know, just because the influx of cash, you get more people getting into it, more people with things to say. Uh, I used to think that, this is the opinion I used to hold, I used to think that, you know, rap used to be just all positive. And then at some point, it just switched. But I think it's more complex than that. There's always been a yin and yang. There's, uh, you know, for, for every uh, KRS-One, there's the NWA. For every Ice-T, there's Public Enemy, you know. For every J. Cole, there's NBA Youngboy. To me, 
um, you know, and though y'all heard me talk about black exploitation uh, in the last few episodes or something like that, but to me, there's not much difference in regards to uh, what's going on with mainstream music nowadays. Parents, we are at war, right? Uh, the we spoke about the Hollywood writers. We spoke, about, you know, just the entertainment industry in general, but especially music. Uh, we are at war for our children. All right, true. We are at war with our, you know, for our own minds. Really, I know society now tells you that your your uh, your three and four year old can make their own decisions, but don't fall for it. All right, you as a parent need to be controlling what they're consuming, and if you as a parent don't have a, a, a good judgment, uh, take them to church or something. You know what I mean, let your grandma take him. You know what I mean, let let your grandma. You know what I mean, let your, your mother take him or something, because I I'm not gonna sit here and act like all parents are cut the same. Mm-mm, that's for sure. John Morant is just an example of a kid that the industry took. You know what I mean, there's so many kids out there uh, that don't have the privileges and uh, just just natural God-given gifts uh, that John Morant has. All right, these kids don't have that to survive. Right, and that's unfortunate because there's a lot of kids that he's probably introduced to NBA Young Boy songs. You know, everybody's saying, everybody's now, oh, there's a parade in my city. Like, <sighs> and again, this is complex because it's too easy to just come out here and say, you know what? Hey, rap music is not owned by us. It's 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 run by the Jews and and people that it's white supremacy and they just want us. <sighs> It's too easy to do that. The truth is, it's complex. This is less a conversation about the amount of melanin a person has in their skin and more about class perception, all right? What class they belong to, the haves and the have-nots. You know, that stuff Bernie Sanders talks about a lot. I think that's the delineating factor because just like you got a Lior Cohen that, by the way, was caught on The Breakfast Club. I don't know if y'all saw that episode. Um, what was it back in, what was it, 2017 or something like that, 2018? Uh, but it was an episode where uh, they were asking him about, and it's about maybe the 48-minute mark. It's the most recent Leo Corrin interview. You'll see it when you pull it up on YouTube. He's wearing like a black you know, shirt, you know, whatever. But uh, Charlemagne, it felt like a gotcha question. They were talking about opioid crisis and, the influence of drugs and stuff like that on music. And uh, Neil Kong was talking about how he thinks it's terrible, right? It's a scourge and all this and that, blah, 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 this lip service. Then Charlemagne instantly switches and says, so why do you sign artists that are pushing this? <laughs> why are you pushing artists like that? Lior was stuck for a second. You know, his mind was going crazy probably. He had to craft a, a, a good comeback. He says he just has mouths to feed, right? Everybody knows Little Zan. I mean, you just look at Little Zan's story about his manager. A lot of melanin. It's too easy to just make this a race conversation, y'all. It's a class conversation, right? The haves are always going to take advantage of the have-nots. This is just how it works. Obviously... Uh, there are exceptions to the rule. You got people that like um, 
Amazon's co-creator, um, Mackenzie Scott, formerly Mackenzie Bezos. Uh, Y'all know she became one of the richest women because of her divorce from Jeff Bezos. Uh, That seems to be giving away money (laughs) left and right. Uh, So it's possible. Just doesn't happen enough. Salute to her. Uh, Hit me up. If if anybody got a line, hit me up. Mackenzie Scott, what's up? We can do something. Do some good things. Let's go. Uh, But there's something, man. It's it's, it's class, y'all. And and for y'all that don't know, class is the mother of of racism. Uh, class is the mother of a lot of this crap that we have in society. And uh, I can't wait until we can uh, uh, evolve out of a lot of these uh, these hierarchy based systems, these mentalities. I get a bit of it is is natural, but I also think we got some evolving to do, and I think we will. But that's what this conversation should be rooted. You know, things I talked about even earlier, you know, the Jordan Nelly situation, the conversation shouldn't be about white or black because there was a black guy holding him down, too. (laughs) It should be about class. It all comes down to class. And that's where my example with uh, Leo Cohen resides. Class. So what are you going to do? push these labels to start signing positive artists is that is that worth the effort you know you get people that say you know people don't want to listen to positive that's not true public enemy was one of the top uh, acts in this country poor righteous teachers um Karis one you, you have tons of positive rap when did uh we start getting convinced or brainwashed to listen to the negative stuff I mean, you know, we talk about NWA. You know, Tupac was a weird conundrum. I don't know what to consider him, but you start off positive and then, you know, end up gangbanging. But hey, but hey, that's all I got, man. And I got to watch that Tupac documentary on Hulu. Uh, I got to stop saying company names. I ain't getting no ad money yet, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's 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 all I got, man. That's all I got, man. Just be a little more conscious of what we're allowing uh, in our heads. And if you got kids, man, don't let up. Be careful. Because this this uh, this society wants them. This society wants them. All right? And it's all class. It's all for corporations to sell them things. It's all to make them dumb. It's, it's you know. But hey. That's something um, nobody's been talking about. Nobody's been talking about the effect of music, hip hop, this rap, this 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 iteration of rap, this drill culture, King Von. Nobody's talking about this stuff. It's almost like it's the elephant in the room. Let's just acknowledge what's going on with it. Let's bring these uh, labels to the table, these distributing platforms to the table. Let's hold them accountable. Right. Let's hold parents accountable. Let's do that. You know, but again, I said in previous episodes, our society uh, seems to not like accountability much. We'll see where this goes. That's all I got. Yeah, that was it. I really hope y'all have fun. 
Uh, man, talking about a lot of this stuff can be uh, can be a little taxing. Not even gonna front, but uh, it's stuff. It's the stuff you need to hear, right? Um, everybody just can't be a comedian, taking your mind off the important things. Like you know, it's it's necessary, right? I think there's a balance, but nobody's talking about the important stuff. And uh, you know, hey, who am I, right? But yeah, what everybody got planned for the weekend? You already know me being uh, so big of a boxing fan. I'm I'm about to tune into this uh, Devin Haney and Lomachenko fight. I can't wait. Uh, and for <laughs> for anybody out there that uh, thought I just spoke a little bit of Spanish, I did not. Those are uh, <laughs> the name of two boxers. And uh, don't worry, I, I'm still working on this boxing uh, podcast. Don't worry, I'll let y'all know. You know, don't rush me. <laughs> don't rush me, please. But I got y'all. I got y'all. Uh, but yeah, um, just some quick thoughts on that before I close it out. Uh, I think Devin Haney jabs him to death. Loma's going to have to try to make this fight physical, which is going to be tough to do with Haney. Uh, amazing footwork, but Haney ain't no slump. He is also a great boxer. Um, I do think this fight ends in a decision for Haney. Uh, obviously there's a chance Loma sneaks one in. His best bet, in my opinion, is going to be to try and make it physical. Him being the smaller guy, it's going to take a lot. Uh, but his best bet is going to be to step in, go through the jab. Uh, if he can, go through the jab and uh, pray for that hook to fall. Because uh, my boxing people out there know Haney does not have the best chin. I mean, I've seen him get rocked several times. So that's going to be Lomachenko's best bet. Go through the jab because you're not going to be able to really avoid the jab. Just go through it and uh, put your best shot, you know, put your best shot on his chin. But, hey, that's really all I have. Um, let's go right into bet by bet, y'all. Why not? This ain't just a prediction. This is bet by bet. Bet by bit prediction of the day is within the next decade, we will have a society where the internet is policed, regulated, controlled. And you know what? I'm looking forward to it. We live in a country where you can buy kids on the internet. I rest my case. Imagine what goes on in most of the rest of the world. We have examples of countries that almost seem to have morality clauses built in their DNA. You say certain things in Australia on the internet that they deem insightful or, or whatever the case is, they'll come to your door. In America, you can spew all kind of hate, all kind of nonsense and vitriol and get away with it. We clearly got to do some kind of soul searching. <laughs> we clearly got to figure something out because uh, what we're allowing isn't working for the for the greater good. There has to be this notion of greater good. We don't have that in this country yet. Mm -mm. We might we might still just be too young. Maybe that's what it is. And in regards to um, more regulation of the internet, you got uh, what's his name, uh, Sam Altman. 
that's the uh, found one of the founders of OpenAI. He actually wants regulation on AI. <laughs> All right, that's that's one of the main uh, main people I spoke about earlier in the uh, uh, Dear Future Robots question of the day. Uh, while speaking about him saying that uh, AI is causing damage to society and blah blah blah, I don't believe none of those people. I think what they're afraid of is them being less important. How important is Elon Musk if anybody, all the information you have in your head, all this nerdy stuff you got in your head, anybody can just have that now at the palm of their hands. Hmm. Wasn't it Einstein that said, uh, don't commit anything to memory that you can write down? I think these people are afraid of the gap being shrunken. Nothing makes you special now. <laughs> yeah. But hey, that's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. This has been a fun episode. Um, I hope I made sense to a lot of y'all. Uh, sometimes I, I know I can ramble, but uh, it's it's all in good intent. Um, I hope y'all learned something. All right. I really do. Um, I hope I brought a different perspective to your world. And uh, really, seriously, now, if anybody knows the person that's going to be prosecuting the DA, um, what's his name? I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, the DA in this in this case, man, can y'all pass him this episode? Because they, they cannot mess this case up, man. This this guy, Daniel Penny, needs to go to jail. <laughs> seriously, seriously, seriously. And if anybody knows Mackenzie Scott, um, I, I need some benefactors for this show and a lot of other ideas and plans I got. Hit her, hit her up, hit her up. Hey, pass her email or something i'm gonna hit her up <laughs> i'm so serious man uh, she's giving away money to tons of people and i'm not sure what they're doing but i know the plans that i have and uh just you know a good five million uh would allow me to do a lot of special things obviously will allow me to um uh take care of my whole generation and whole family and all that kind of stuff but it'll allow me to do some special things Oof, imagine what 50 million will allow me to do uh, but hey, <laughs> it is what it is, man. It is what it is. But hey, that's it, man. I'm out. I'm out. Peace. And we are just universes crashing. Just do your best to leave a mark. Also, subscribe, comment, and leave five stars. This is Wendy. Signing off. Dear future robots, peace.